Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, before we delve into things, I just want to tell you about our Liverpool streaming service. It is Redmen Plus. Get involved over there for extra Redmen shows in video form, in podcast form. You've got documentaries, features, interviews, and a hell of a lot more besides. If you join as a club legend, you get the Discord chat, you'll get free merchandise and a host of extra bonus perks. It's like Netflix for Liverpool fans. Get over there, get involved. Otherwise, let's face it, you're going to miss out on amazing Liverpool stuff in your life hey everyone it is the build-up show it is going to be Liverpool versus Chelsea and I'm sat here <laughs> regretting my decision wholeheartedly to not finish making my cup of tea and get distracted by trying to get the boiler back on which look in the long term for our happiness today mm-hmm. was the right call um but that doesn't mean I I know I'm not a little bit cut up inside that I haven't got a... Thanks for taking one for the team. A warm it's all glamour, isn't it? It's all glamour, this job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 there's, a, there's a running thing that Chris and I have had throughout our entire like lives almost as, as friends. And we, we have moments when we've been in, because we've worked other jobs together. And it's like, I bet X doesn't have to do X. <laughs> And it was always like, you know, in the rarely Red Men days, it would be like, I bet Tim Lovejoy doesn't have to build his own sets, you know what yeah. I mean? And all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Gary Lineker has to uh, fix, the, fix boiler. the boiler in the uh, Match of the Day studio. He's Just got other things on his mind, didn't he? He's got more <laughs> pressing issues to deal trying with. Trying to find out where that video was so he can get his own co- his own copy of it, probably, at this point. <laughs> um, we did have a good chat, actually, about the Gary Lineker sex noises on this week's podcast, Extra, uh, which is over on RevenPlus.com. So if you want to hear me, Chris, Steve and Chloe um, pulling apart what one of the highlights of British television, uh, then that podcast is available right now over there. But, yeah. Let's get back to the more serious and pressing matters at hand, which is, of course, the fact that Liverpool have got a football match to play. Uh, they are playing Chelsea, Stay, and um, I said this on the podcast yesterday, but it bears repeating and expanding on. Just a huge game of football, not just because it's Chelsea, but it is because it's Chelsea. But it's all well and good. You know, Liverpool <coughs> seem to find something against Wolves, something familiar, something mm. solid, something more akin to what we recognise as Liverpool. Um, but we now need to do that again and again and again because the margin for error has gone now, particularly in the league. But then Chelsea will be having the same conversation yeah. that they need to reignite their season somewhere and games between Liverpool and Chelsea have always had loads riding on them. You know, we saw that last year with the two cup finals and two difficult league matches. And I guess what we found against Wolves... That only means something if we carry the same mentality and the same attitude and the same type of performance into a game against Chelsea. And that's key, and that's the consistency that we haven't had all season. That right there, that's what we need to capture. Yeah, I completely agree on that. On that, Dan. Mm. You know, when you look back to it, Chelsea are not that long <clears throat> European, removed from being European champions. We're not that long removed from being Premier League champions. As, as mentioned, there we both contest, we contested the two domestic cups last mm. season. I don't think either team. Either fan base expected this to be a ninth versus tenth battle when the fixtures came out no. at the start of the season, um, <coughs> and, but it's a much bigger game than a ninth versus and a standard ninth versus tenth game. But yeah, because both teams have got ambition to be higher up the table, mm. and as I say, we're, we're there's what twenty league games left to play, yeah, sixty points still on the table, yeah. which makes you feel a bit more relaxed about it mm. now. Yeah, going to be uncontested points. We need to find a way to get back to winning ways, and, and as today, but fuck them, fuck 
ultimately. No, absolutely, yeah. And we need to like see sort of references. We need to show signs that that wasn't another false dawn this season. That was us actually making a statement and saying, no, this is us now from now until the end of the season. This is the way it's going to be. It might not always be the same group of lads, but this is Liverpool and this is the way we look. Um, but yeah, like you say, no one, if you just told me at the start of the season this was going to be 9th versus 10th, I'd have, I'd have laughed at your face. It just wasn't going to happen. This is proper El Crapito territory, this one. It's just a poor, poor two poor teams going at it, really. But I don't know. Uh, for me, this is us. And like you say, there are a lot of points to sort of play for still. Um, but I think both teams, if this isn't last chance saloon in terms of the top four, they're looking at it. Like we can both see the last chance saloon, which is whether we walk through the door or not. Um, and I think the loser of this one potentially could sort of say that's probably us in the top four done because yeah. it's not only is there a lot of ground to make up, but it's another sign that one of these two sides aren't good enough to go on any sort of consistent run to even get close. And I know the consistency required for top four isn't particularly outstanding. However, you're asking a hell of a lot from this point. I think, you know, in terms of like the top top end of the table, it's frightening how far we are we are off that, and mm. it's really quite annoying at the same time. You know, I can get really down in the dumps about it, or I can get really rageful about it of how Arsenal are just going to walk the league, and that mm. really fucking annoys me because the amount of fight we've had to put in to come second, and it's so annoying that we've returned to it. Arsenal have returned right back to what it was like when they used to win the league, when you could win the league in eighty something points, mm-hmm. um, but. We, you know, we do need to set our sights a little lower, and the idea even of looking at top four at this moment, stays just it's pointless. It's, it, and I don't mean that it's it's impossible. I mean that it's a waste of energy for us to focus too high up the league. And in some regards, I'm quite, I'm kind of glad Chelsea are down there in the dumps with us because it, it's an opportunity to kind of put the boot in a bit, you know, to to you know, to kick them down and go, no, no, no. You're at the level that you deserve mm. to be at. We're just—it's a false position yeah, for us, whether it's yeah. delusion or not. You know, in the next game, and the next game will really tell on that. But that's where you know I'm, I'm really glad it's at Anfield because having that behind us and having a real something to get our teeth into should work in our favour. Absolutely, and uh, with regards to top four, that's not in our hands. We need favours from other people, and t- to be fair, there are lots of points swapping hands where mm. you wouldn't think they would swap hands. So if you can. I was pleasantly surprised with the United result last night. That was one of the ones that gave yeah, me a little yeah. note for encouragement. They're yeah, in this yeah. great run. They're on this like on course for a ten-game win streak, mm-hmm. and then to just drop a couple of points in the last minute is very, very, very. And, very and they'll all drop. They'll all drop points. Arsenal will drop points. City will drop points. They, they all Newcastle, will. Newcastle yeah, yeah, yeah. will drop points. It is. Can we find that formula that allows us to go and win eight, ten games in a row? Because if you can do that. You play yourself back into contention. I'm, I'm kind of a, a, agree with Dan um, in that we, we're probably not really looking at top four at the moment. We need to take this game by game. I know it's a cliche, and okay. managers have used it over the years, and, and we go, "No, they don't do that," because they're always looking at the league table. But, but that's our mentality as well. Yeah. These fans, you know, they, been, yeah. you know, they they'll, they'll be espousing that at the axe, of course they will. You know, the players will go, "I just focus on what's in front of us." And they've always they've always done that. They always mm-hmm. have done. And, and as you say, it's a perfect opportunity to really stick the boots in on Chelsea, who, are, like us, have had a shocking season. Um, I think they're, they're in a worse position than we are, not just league-wise. I mean, per se, across the project, yeah. they're not they're not anywhere near where they think they should be or where that squad realistically should be. Same for us. Um, do us no harm at all to be a kind of final final nail in their top four coffin. Mm. Yeah, their their league their their league performance so far it's just shocking. You know, and I've I honestly I've really had to kind of switch off to a, a lot of it. You know, because. And it was, it was a point we were joking probably around mid-November when the season was breaking of like, oh, well, this is quite interesting because you've got more results to kind of watch out for. It was it was really annoying when it was just City and then you'd look, oh, they've won. All right, well, there you go. I've taken a bit of shine off my weekend. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, like, there's lots of teams and more teams are likely to lose. You know, there's not a world really where Brentford, Brighton, Fulham, Fulham, <laughs> Fulham, <laughs> Spurs, Newcastle, United, and you know Leicester City and United, of course. But you know, don't drop points in a given weekend. But mm. when you to look at Chelsea, I was shocked, genuinely. Like they've only scored twenty-two goals this mm. season, in, like in, in nineteen appearances. For a little context in that, it's the same as the goal scored as Aston Villa. Um, you know, okay, there's teams that have scored less. But like in terms of teams that are down the bottom, Leicester City have scored twenty six, Leeds United have scored twenty six. They're two teams who you wouldn't be shocked if they got relegated this season, mm. and they scored four more goals this campaign down than than Chelsea have. It's that lack of cutting edge is one of their reasons why they're throwing money in the transfer market. Yeah, but they've got to find a way to make that 
gel and sell. Yeah, they certainly are throwing money at the problem, aren't they? There's no, there's no two ways about that. I think they've spent like half a billion, haven't they, in the last six months or something insane like that. They're just not stopping. Um, that's the Potter effect, it seems, isn't it? Like he had that problem at Brighton. He seems to have brought it with him, and obviously he's left Brighton now, and they've <coughs> mended that or deserve he's mended that problem. They're scoring free flowingly. They, they, they're not stopping. So. I think he hasn't quite settled on a system yet. There's a lot of swapping and changing with his side, his personnel, and of course formations and tactics, which never bodes well for a sort of settled side or a consistent run of form. And um, behind the scenes as well, it's all a little bit muddled, a little bit up in the air. Steve references the project. I don't think they quite know what they are as a football club yet in this new era. And you've got to give them some sort of leeway, a little bit of grace, I suppose, because they have had injuries. Obviously, they've had a lot of turmoil off the pitch as well, new ownership, new directors of football, etc. plus new managers. So they do have some period of grace, I guess. But listen, when it all boils down to it, like Liverpool, us being ninth isn't good enough, them being tenth isn't good enough. They're gonna wanna see changes. Um but on the on the pitch, yeah, they haven't got a Bamiang. Like Bamiang was a strange signing. Yeah. And that was never likely to work out. And so it does it's proved it reminded me of sort of 13, 14 Chelsea kind of moves. Mm where they'd bring in a guy, like yeah. Neto. You know, they so they'd, yeah. bring, they'd bring Neto in, who's not at his, far from his peak, he'll just a guy he'll tick over, he'll score a handful of goals or whatever, mm. and then in the summer, they'll go, they'd go and buy, they'd go and buy Diego Costa off the back of that, and he's the guy. He's yeah. the guy who, yeah. who kicks them on. They had a bunch of forwards who were not quite... Well at one point. Yeah, 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 they had a bunch yeah. of forwards. Every now and again, they fall into that trap of like the best centre-forward moves on. They go and have a bunch of stock gaps, and then they'll get the one, and that'll be the season where they kick on. But again, the they, they keep twisting, they keep, they keep adding players to the mix here. Mm. And I think, you know, I mean, we're Liverpool fans, I think, that in general, we're kind of cast a, some jealous glances at clubs who were free-flowing with the cash a little bit. But I suppose there's always an example there of, it's not been that long since Chelsea rebuilt that squad. Mm. And, they, I mean, then won a European Cup and rebuilt it. And some see that as a positive. I, I feel a little bit like, I don't know, I, I'm a little wary that they need to start showing a few more results on the pitch before Potter gets any more dough chucked his way. Take because this window, for instance. They just spent £100 million if you include the Ukrainian winger and João Felix uh, loan deal. Mm -hmm. They needed a number nine. They bought a second striker. And mm -hmm. whilst Joe Felix was very good in the game before he got sent off, he he's picking the ball up in his own half in the centre circle and trying to create play. Um, kind of Bobby-esque, the difference being that he hasn't got two bodies to aim at further up the field. It, it's strange, and Dan referenced it before, about Graham Potter not really having a specific system. He will tell you he doesn't want one. Mm -hmm. I've listened to him speak. He wants variation. Variation causes confusion, and you mm. get what Chelsea have got now. So, yeah, he's transposed Brighton into Chelsea, hasn't he? Really, and it's it's strange to see. It's just really interesting to see two clubs, as I say, who this time last year were both would have had ambitions of, you know, challenging at the top and really and really kicking on in, in this position, but coming at it from two completely completely utterly different angles and I guess the question is how how positive do we feel about Liverpool because I know Chelsea fans are still in the, in the mind they've, they've been conditioned to be like if you have five bad results and your manager's on his way out mm -hmm. so I think they're really struggling with how to how to, how do you support a Chelsea <laughs> that is known by Roman Abramovich and I think some Liverpool fans are, at the moment are struggling, have been struggling with this idea of well what do you, you're supposed to in the modern world, you're told this is how you talk about football when you have a bad run of results. You've got to consider the play. You've got to say the players are rubbish and you've got to get rid of the players. You've got to buy new players and you've got to blame the manager. You've got to get rid of the manager and all that kind of stuff. Whereas in the reality of it, you know, it's it, the hardest thing about being a Liverpool fan is going, well, when you've got the best manager in the world and he's not getting it right, mm. sometimes you've got to kind of take a big deep breath and just wait for him to fix it. And that's the real note of encouragement about the Wolves' results mm. is that seeing that little bit of something to hold on to and go, well, okay, I can see shoots of recovery from from what we've done there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's interesting challenge for Potter. I don't, I like him. I think he's a good mm. coach, but he can he can get to fuck this weekend. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about Mason Mount, uh, Dan heavily mm. linked again with a move to Liverpool. Yeah. He's he had a year left on his contract come the summer. I wasn't overly impressed with him at the World Cup. I, I was really looking forward to seeing him. You know, there was a point at which. Declan Rice, Mason Mount, Jude Bellingham were starting games and we'd been linked with all of them. And I kind of, it was a good opportunity to see how does that function as a midfield. Mm -hmm. Jude Bellingham obviously stole the show. People thought, right, so I, I was a little underwhelmed by Declan Rice mm -hmm. um, and I was totally underwhelmed by Mason Mount. But there is something there. He's, he's been linked with Liverpool for a few years now. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts? I am a big Mason Mount fan, um, to be honest. I think he's a very 
good technical footballer. Um, I think he has a lot of the attributes that would suit Jurgen Klopp's style, suit the way he wants to play football. Um, he's immensely versatile as well, which is obviously is always a plus. We just spoke about not changing systems, but it is important to have players who can play in a number of roles, particularly sort of across the midfield and in more forward areas. I think predominantly he'd be used as like that sort of attacking eight. Um, my, my only sort of caveat with the whole thing would be I mean, I know Steele probably come on to wages and stuff like that. That, not so much because he's English. He's a great age. The wages side of thing, and obviously there's quotas to fill now in Premier League squads and such. So that's fine. I think when you look <coughs> at our squad now and the makeup of it, yes, we need midfielders. There's no two ways about that. But in terms of that style of midfielder, we've already got, we don't quite know what Fabio Carvalho is yet. We've got Harvey Elliott. We've got Curtis Jones. I wouldn't want to sort of stand in one of their way if it meant Mason Mount, particularly Elliott, I'd probably say on that. So... Depend on where he'd fit and depend on where he'd play because he does, like I say, play that sort of attacking midfield role. We might have to change system potentially if we've got someone like Mason Mountain to suit a little bit better. Um, but as a footballer, I'm a huge fan. I think he's a very good player. I go on, actually, before we move on to that, though, with some of Dan's points, go on. To just your I think you make the, ref, the point about Harvey Elliott. I think Mason Mount's closer to being the finished product than Harvey Elliott. And, and there are he's games, a bit older than that. Yeah, 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 there are games you could put him in where he wouldn't have the same concerns you would with Harvey. And again, with Carvalho, I think the versatility is a really good thing. I think he's gone stale. I think he's yeah. absolutely stale at Chelsea and he needs a fresh challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, he's quite physical. He's quite a big lad. He runs well with the ball. Yes, we might might make changes to the system. I think if Jude Bellingham signs for Liverpool, there's a change to the system anyway because mm-hmm. of his box-to-box. He's a dynamic footballer rather than a flat three. We have what yeah. we hold. We recycle the ball and we... Let the front three do their thing. There's an obvious change coming. Um, I would be a fan of, of moving for Mason Mount, I think, and getting back to his first year at Chelsea-type form. I mean, he could have won the League Cup final against Liverpool by himself. He had the post, mm-hmm. he had chances. Um, this is a good footballer and, and, and you know, you bring him in and you bring... You, you, we are lucky enough to get Bellingham over the line. You've got two of England's midfield going forward. And there has to be something of value to that familiarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that systemically, it looks a bit off because of because we this season I think one of our chief complaints has been we've tried to evolve away from that flat midfield three or the combative midfield three and whatever. Mm-hmm. Harvey Elliott's been a, a, a huge part of that. They clearly have high hopes for him, mm-hmm. and they're prepared to adapt what we do to get more out of him. I, for me, it was actually the Wolves game, and it was seeing how Naby plays the eight. Yeah, and when it, when there was a lot of times there when it was far more a solo six in terms of Bacetic, and then you had Thiago and Cater pushed up very high. It was a two behind the three mm-hmm. at times, particularly when they were starting with goal kicks, and that's that's all about penning them in and making it really hard for them to play off the back and unsettling them. And Cater fit that loads better than I think a few of the options we've seen this this season. And I could see Mason Mount doing that job really well. Because yeah. that, that for me was I looked at Naby Cater and look, I just think he's a tremendous footballer, but I can't, we, I'm not surprising anyone. I'm not delivering new news when we say, you can't get him on the pitch. So mm. he's a, a huge frustration. But if you can't get him on the pitch, then you need, you are, you'll move, they'll move him on in the summer anyway, probably mm-hmm. he'll move himself on. If they want that, they need to buy more lads like that. Hey, if you can get that in a six foot plus body as well, then we're going to be absolutely unkillable. But I, I, I saw how a, a, a midfield three all comprised of guys who were under six six foot yeah. actually performed really well in a physical in a, what could have been a physical game. So that makes sense to me. He's got a good eye for goal. Mm-hmm. He's a crazy player. He's, he's, he is relentless when he's really on it. But I think that that point is. I think it's now or never. I think if you leave him another season at Chelsea, I think he it's very you're gonna fight against you're fighting against his own malaise. Mm. You know, you've you know, it's a, maybe it's a loss of confidence or loss of form. He's been fine this he's played a lot of football for Chelsea this season, but he's not been the guy from as you say from a from a couple of years ago. But an interesting one. If you're watching uh, live at home or after the fact on YouTube, do let us know your thoughts on Mason Mount. Is that someone you think Liverpool should be making a move for in the summer? Um Le Chill sent us a super chat, it's a little off topic. What is the greatest ever LFC assist? Says his choice would be Neil Mellor versus Olympiakos or Sunes to Kenny in the European Cup final. Surely, surely Trent Alexander-Arnold's corner, Origi, yeah. it's got to be up there. It is up there. It is Just up there. On that, it's three years to the day, Alisson to Salah against United. Oh! Good shout, good shout. It's a candidate. That is a strong... Candidate. That was the moment... 
we started. Everyone's going to believe us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You also got the Ronnie Whelan flick around the corner for Dalglish's chested winner in the double season at Chelsea. That is a tremendous little flick over the top. There's a few, there's a load of Gerard that pass against Fulham, was it? When he said something, that's the absolute. Hendo's done a similar one as well. Hendo Salah against United again. Like we won't talk about that one much because we battered him and it was boss. But Henderson won't be in this conversation just because he isn't. Yeah. But that pass is ridiculous. Yeah, no, absolutely. Jabby Alonso over the shoulder. Yeah. 40, 40 yard ball, got clean through and scores. It's a, it's the the best no luck pass you'll ever seen in your life. Yeah, I'd say just one, I'd want to bring up. It was Trent Firmino in the Club World Cup final. That's an underrated one for me. It was, it was a final to win it, yeah, like on extra time because. The vision to pull that off is ludicrous. Like we've got that's another one we probably won't talk about, but God, that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd probably plump for the Barcelona one because the, the speed of thought, yeah. the execution. If he doesn't do that a hundred percent correct, Origi's got no chance to put that ball in. And in the context of the game and where we were and what it meant and and the folklore and all of that and the yeah. fact that it, Sergio Busquets never tweeted again, yeah, yeah. just for that, isn't it? <laughs> I yeah, I still watch that back. And I'm convinced that Rigi's gonna miss it every single time yeah. it comes. It's that like it's that magic moment. I'm worried that I've like crossed into it, like through into the multiverse, and I now live in a world where that doesn't go in. So I, I live that, and the hairs on the back of my neck stand up every single time mm. I watch that again. The only other one, it's not as good, but in terms of the actual let off of it, was Shakiri's cross to Gini Wijnaldum for the yeah. header. Because he's on the left hand side and he curls one in. Obviously, Gina gets up, and I have never experienced that. It was bigger than the, the fourth goal because it was that was the one mm. that was the that was the big one. Where, you know, we were on on a roll. You know, we rallied, and then Gini had obviously come on and God, yeah, great point to the discord one, there. By the way, yeah, what, great, a, what a shout! Great that question there. Yeah, yeah uh, it was great from the chill. Thank you so much for that. If you've got answers, then do uh, keep them coming in as well in the comments section underneath. Right, we're going to take a very short break. Uh, we've got a trivia question to tide you over. In the meantime, uh, Graham Potter made one career appearance as a player against Liverpool. Who was it for? And I'll give bonus points for the year, competition, and result. Answers after. A few weeks ago, I was lucky enough to sit down with Liverpool left-back Kostas Timikas. I was able to get an interview with him, uh, get some quick-fire questions done, and I was lucky enough to host a Q&A with him and John Aldridge at Hotel Anfield in Liverpool. Now, while I was there, I also managed to get him to sign this Liverpool shirt for you guys. So if you want to be in with a chance to win this incredible signed Kostas Timikas shirt, then all you need to do is go over to redmenplus.com and sign up as a club legend for this month prize draw <clears throat> yes welcome back yeah if you want to get yourself a signed Costa Simicast Liverpool shirt then either upgrade from club captain to club legend if you're an existing Redmen Plus subscriber or yes um, go over there and join right now you get into our discord which is full of wonderful human beings and when the reds are crap what we need to do is stay off social media because it's it's toxic when we're good. Remember the summer after we won the European Cup, like two weeks later, it was just an abyss. It was like, we just won the fucking European Cup. Uh, so yeah, it's bad, but it's, it's, it's unbearable when it's bad, but our Discord is a, is a lovely little community hub of nice, sound, like-minded individuals. So yeah, plenty of extra perks, as well as being in the, the hunt for that Costa uh, Simica shit. Right. Um, it was the question before the break, and that was Graham Potter made one career appearance against Liverpool. Who was it for? Bonus points for the year, competition, and results. Right, because I had to restart my laptop during this, I'm going to have to re-find the exact answers to this out. But I do know the, the team. Does anyone want to... Say, well, I'd say in West Brom. I'm saying Stoke. Oh, the correct answer is... Stoke. Hey. It's like it's like the originals versus the newbies all over again. <laughs> We're, back yeah. again. <laughs> We're back again. Um, yeah. Run it back. So the quiz. it was Stoke City. Yeah, check out the ref. No, don't, 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 don't. Sorry, good. Um, it. Anyone guess the year? I, I thought it was in the nineties, but nineties, maybe ninety-six. It was in the nineties. It was not ninety-six. You thought two thousand, so I say maybe later. It's earlier. It was so ninety-four, ninety-four. It was in ninety-four, ninety-five. Was exactly the season. Okay. Competition. <laughs> You'd have to say League Cup. Come in the league when it was Stoke. That's been the league, yeah. League Cup, third round, uh, Tuesday the 25th of October, 1994. Score. 
We won. We won. 2-1. We won 2-1. Hey, I'll okay. give you an extra bonus point Let's if you do a name, quiz if quick. You name <laughs> goal scorers. the goal scorers. 94. God. We've got Rush Fowlers. Redknapp. Well, you've named, yeah, it was Ian Rush. Ian Rush, Rush scored both. both goals for Liverpool. What a guy. You got assists. Assists. <laughs> I'm pushing it now. Steve McManaman set up the first and the yeah. fourth minute. Rob Jones set up the second and the 56th. Who scored Stokes goal? God. There's only two players, maybe three names I, re- I remember, I recognise from this team. They had, the, they had Carl Muggleton in goal, which is only because I was a goalie at the time and I knew every goalie on planet Earth. Yeah. I vaguely recall Carl Beeston. Um, and their centre forward was... I feel like I feel like. Hang on a second. Let me just check. Mm. Can you tell us anything else about the centre forward? The guy who scored. This is a forward. forward. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He's married to a very famous, um, bar- I think, Baroness at this point. Um, Tory. Um, he is. No, well, he probably is if she is. Um, she is associated with football. She was a. Ch- I think she was a chair. Yeah. Karen, Brady. Karen Brady's husband, Paul Pesky Salido. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. He scored. He played for Plymouth. She's a hundred percent Tory, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. She's Alan Sugar's best mate. You can't not be a Tory if you're that. Yeah, Paul Pesky Salido yeah. played for Fulham, Sheffield United, Stoke City, and the West Bromwich Albion. I did not know they were married. Made a total four yeah. appearances against us, scoring two goals in that time. One for Stoke, one for there you Fulham. Go. You got you opened yeah. up and I delivered it. Right, right, there you go. Like that stuff, you're brilliant. I'm probably more in our age bracket than the, the, the than let's say Chloe's for example. Um, you right, Tom? I would love to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, there we go. That's the answer. If you got that right, you're absolute, you're absolute geniuses. Um, let's move the conversation on then. Injury <laughs> update. So still no Diaz, no Jota, no Virgil, no Artur. Um, although Jota Klopp was quite, pleased with mm. his recovery wasn't he he said he was doing he looked good out on the, the training pitch and stuff but still looking at probably mid-February before we see him really back in he, contention he kind of lined that with Real Madrid yeah. didn't he yeah. you can't afford to mess with, around with Jota at this point. again yeah exactly <laughs> if you're going to bring him back we need him back for the rest of the season still no Bobby that's the real real worry one that's gone from being a short term thing to just a total mystery length of absence the last word from Premier Injuries was Copper said it was a short term thing and then he felt it again and now they haven't. They really don't. Can, they really don't kind of know. Um, Darwin Nunes should be back in training today. Um, and Costas got a knock to his back on Tuesday. Um, not that I think he would have played um, in this one anyway. So big decision to be made. First question, uh, Steve Plunkett: How many of the starting eleven versus Wolves have to keep their place for this? Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Not many. I don't, I don't think you can afford to go with the with the same. I, I get that Klopp came out and said those that show fight for the shirt are in the box seat for the positions. 
this is a game where our opposition's biggest strength is in the centre of the park. So, Basquetetic was really good. He also got dragged in his last game in the Premier League match when he played as the eight rather than the six. He came off at half time. Mm -hmm. There will be games that are better suited for him than others. I think if we're not resilient in the midfield, we, we might have a problem. So I'm not imagining too many of those guys keep their their place. Um, Gakpo probably plays on the left. If we get Nunes fit, Nunes down the centre with, with Salah and we perhaps mm. play a little bit more counter-attacking. It's the midfield. Thiago will keep his place. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then potentially you'd see... Fabinho coming back in and he likes Harvey Elliott against Chelsea as well because he's done that first game of the season and made that tactical change in the FA Cup didn't he mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah I agree on the um, Bajetic point um, I think if we potentially weren't playing Chelsea even though they're not in the greatest yeah. moment you might see him just go again because God only knows he deserves it based on his performance against Wolves I think he was outstanding I'm not saying anything new I said it on my post-match stuff you all said it he was absolutely superb um, let's make no bones about it but I don't think he starts this one um, for all the reasons Steve kind of alluded to in terms of Chelsea and midfield battle etc etc um, I think Naby Keita keeps his place in the side um, I don't think you can overlook how influential he was in that performance as well as a unit I think he'd be tempted to go with Elliot back into midfield um, I think depending on Nunes there's actually scope to play Elliot on the right wing and sort of shuffle things about that way keep yeah. him out there um, Thiago absolutely of course um, other than that I think you see pretty much wholesale changes Gakpo definitely is involved I think um, but yeah I think you've got to go with Keita I don't like being beholden to Naby Keita because he's probably going to leave at the yeah. end of the season so the, the, the thought of having to play him or Ox for that matter and I, I, listen both of them as individuals fine but the thought of having to play him isn't nice and it doesn't sit well with me but it's a results business and yeah. we are in the business of getting results especially right now the, the Naby conundrum remains the Naby conundrum and that he played the full 90 which basically never happens mm. on a Tuesday are we then saying go on Naby you're going again now if that was anyone else they would because like Thiago's just been going again and yeah. again and again Henderson does the same. Largely, Fabinho does the same. <clears throat> the problem is, is that they go, they do the same, and they go again, again, again mm. because Naby Keita can't. Now, is this one of their four where you go, all right, Naby? Well, you're back to being thirty minutes, and then that then means someone's coming back in. Does the skipper come back in? Mm. I do think that. I think our best midfield. I don't think our best midfield has Jordan Henderson in it yeah. at this point. Now, it's, it, sorry, it might have him in the six instead of Fabinho. It might. Because uh, I think Fabinho's been rubbish this season. I think he's looked a little better since the break, yeah. but he's still been largely rubbish. Um, I do think that there's a, there's, a, there's a case to be made to put two just better, fo trickier footballers, you know, better lads on the ball in those eight. Thiago be one. Absolutely. I think mm -hmm. he's the one that's nailed on. And then, you know, yeah, maybe chance Harvey again, or yeah, I, w I would push Cater, yeah, but I don't know whether they've got the bottle to do that. Because if you push Cater for this, does that then take Cater out for the games that follow? You drive yourself mad, drive yourself but, it, but it's mad. a kind of a it is a must win, and it isn't a must win because given our current league position, we're right now not running for the prizes at the end of the season in terms mm -hmm. of league for anything really. Um, but it's a game we can't afford to lose. And Cater asks questions of people when he's on the ball, uh, more so than, than Henderson would, more so than Fabinho would. I completely agree with you that our best midfield right now doesn't include Henderson. And, and my concern is, uh, will it ever again going forward? Because he's, he's run himself into the ground, hasn't he, over the years for Liverpool yeah. and it's mm -hmm. taken its toll on him physically. So I, I, I kind of get Dan's point. You, you, you're reluctant to say, let's put our eggs in the Naby Cater basket, but... He's a good footballer, and when, he, when he's fit and he's able to play, he offers you something a little bit different. His, his pressing stats are amazing, yeah. if you ever take the time to look mm -hmm. at those. Mm. Um, and he just might be the guy that makes Chelsea's deep-lying centre midfielder not join in with the other two and, and, and pushes them back a little bit. I, I kind of favour playing a little bit on the counter-attack against these, because we've got pace, although I've not seen Gakpo stretch his legs yet, which is a little bit of a worry for me. Yeah, I want to see. Yeah, I'd like to see what what, what he's got in that regard. Darwin Nunes being available would be huge to that. Yeah, yeah. That changes the, the chain complexion of how you counter-attack. But mm -hmm. just interesting that how Chelsea landed up against Palace at the weekend. They went 4-2-3-1. Conor Gallagher and Jorginho as a double pivot. 
ZX uh, Chuck Mecca and Mason Mount behind Kai Havertz, and then the changes they made as the game wore on. Kovacic came in, Aubameyang, Koulibaly, and Aspilicueta all came on at various stages during that game. It doesn't I don't that's it doesn't scare me as much that team. Uh, you know they can make they can add one or two bits like mm. Kovacic is a much better midfielder than than Conor Gallagher. Either two, I think Conor Gallagher is a good midfielder. I'd be that'd be a, I think that would. I think that's what they'll go for for this, yeah. and maybe that's one of those ones where it take it does take Bacetic out of the conversation. Mm. But I know there'll be lots of people. I'm certain will be in the comments um, of people saying Bacetic does does need them out there. We've got one here from the from the game is saying Bacetic's covered more ground and look more comfortable than Fabinho has all season. Their uh, difference Naby and Bacetic made closing spaces and it, being able to cover ground was eye opening. Gave yeah. Thiago freedom, and that, you know the problem is again it's that you're relying on Naby to to be the guy who helps Pachetic be along because that again mm. it's, it's forever a concern but I do kind of I do kind of agree with that I wouldn't be against I just you're right it's Chelsea so I'm I am shitting my pants at the idea of throwing a, a, a guy who turned 18 yeah. three months ago as, as the lone six in a Premier League game in a must win Premier League game mm-hmm. sometimes players just yeah, do it though. You know yeah. they do, and as like I say, I, I was there on, on Tuesday night, and there's absolutely no two ways about his performance. It was it was first class, and he has the football IQ, he has all the intelligence, he has the awareness, he has everything it takes. He has the physicality. We shouldn't sort of undermine that. He is a physical enough lad mm-hmm. to go in and do a job. However. In pretty much all of them departments, he's not where peak Fabinho is now. I'm fully aware we haven't seen peak <coughs> Fabinho once this season. I know that. But this is Chelsea. And this is probably Mateo Kovacic, who has a nasty habit of being brilliant against us. Yeah. Now, the last thing you want to do is throw by Jesse in there, who's full of confidence right now. He's sort of baking into Liverpool side. Mm-hmm. He's making his way. We're all lauding him. He gets man the match in a lot of scopes on the week in the week. And... Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you throw him into this game, it doesn't go well for him. He gets run ragged a little bit and all of a sudden his confidence is knocked, his development. Jurgen Klopp is not going to want to stunt this kid's development. Yeah. He can see how good he is. If he's a superstar in the making, it might, that's what I'm saying, it, it might, he might just be, like, might be like, God, Could I be. can't not put this kid in. Yeah. But I agree. I, 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 said, I said this on the podcast, is that his level, or if, he's, if he has a brilliant end to the season, in reality for a 17, just turned 18-year-old lad, then just being a useful squad member is actually a huge step in his career yeah, yeah. to be able to just give Fabinho a bit of time off. So if he can come into this game with 20 minutes to go or 15 minutes to go, then that shows that he's a, he's a really, really talented footballer. But you're right, we do have to kind of protect his interest. Mm-hmm. The, the next question really then is, who has to come back in? Because there'll be, I'm certain there'll be people who have looked at that side against Wolves and gone, I kind of largely want to see that again. Okay. Um, but... You've got, I think the nailed on ones are fairly <laughs> obvious. Salah's nailed on, he will just come back in. And Trent is nailed on and he will come back in. I think then as a tier below that, Steve, I think you're looking at Fabinho is just fractionally below them in terms mm-hmm. of like the absolute necessity that it will just happen. I think Robbo's nailed on. And Robbo actually right, is, nailed, is nailed on. And then maybe there's a conversation to be had <laughs> around Matip. Yeah, Um yeah, there is a conversation to have between Gomez and Matip. Matip's not been brilliant in the last sort of half a dozen games or so. You can point to mistakes. You can point about a craziness to engage the ball far too far up the field, telling mm-hmm. his central defensive partner down the river. Um, I probably would still go with him over Gomez, purely because of the way that Gomez overcommitted himself for the third goal against Brighton, which was schoolboy defending. You just can't dive in like that. Um Looking at the game in, in midweek, I thought from a IQ point of view, I thought Wolves' front three were front line was absolutely dreadful and it made it quite easy for us to control the game. <clears throat> we're playing against much better footballers with much higher football in IQ. Um I think I this is why I think there will be lots of changes and this is why I think Matic will come back in, Allison will come back in, Trent Robbo will come back in. So you've you've already only keeping one of your your back five, mm-hmm. which is already Massive amount of changes. You alluded to it, Paul. If Nunes is fit, he's got to play. Salah comes back in. And then you're looking at the midfield. There's loads of argument to say leave the midfield as it is, but but getting given the run around by Chelsea's midfield would be <clears throat> as damaging for Bessetic as Wolves' game was. Good for Bessetic. Yeah, yeah, I think he held his own against against City away without being particularly spectacular. You know, you never know sometimes with young lads, you know, that might have been the thing that's the 
the catalyst that kicks him on. But I agree. I, th- I see no reason. I don't see. Any, I don't see any reason why you don't give Fabinho the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. He had a little bit of a. He had a little bit of a time off. Some some rest. Jordan, I'm sure, will be banging on the door as well to do that. I can, I'm not kind of bothered. I, I, I'm happy to see either play in the six. It will be that right side of eight that's a big yeah. question mark. I'm not totally enamoured with the idea of Jordan coming straight back in. If it's going back to Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson as a three, um, I'd like. To, I, I want to see the lay. And I think look, I, I, let me let me let me explain that. If we pick the lads, if we pick a set of lads and they go out on the pitch and they perform a better version of what we saw against Wolves, and I don't give a shit who starts. Mm. It's about whether they're able to perform that. The evidence so far this season says they're struggling a bit. So my, my logic is follows is to try and replicate as much of what you had against Wolves as possible. But Chelsea set up differently. Mm. They play differently. They've got better qualities in different areas of the pitch. So it might not be possible to have a one-size-fits-all. So I think a nice halfway house is definitely the... If if Cater can go again, let him go again. Yeah, Fabinho starts in the in the six. Mm. Thiago Cater is the midfield, and then Salah's going to come naturally back in. And there's a question: Let's let's do this next. Salah, do you keep Elliot on the right and put Salah centre forwards? That's and, Nunes dependent for me. Okay, that's Nunes. The only because if Nunes is available, he comes in centrally. Gakpo on the left, Salah on the right. If Nunes isn't available, I think you do do that. I think you do go Elliot, Salah, Gakpo in that order. Yeah, what's the yeah, I agree. If you can isolate their right-sided centre-back and Azpilicueta one-on-one with Nunes or a Gakpo with an overload down that side, pace, power, precision, good footballers. Mm. What Gakpo does really well is look after the ball and bring other people into play. Whilst we say we haven't seen him stretch his legs and we don't know how quick he is in a foot race, um, he's, he's good with the ball. Yeah. Play the ball into him and it's keen, it sticks and he gives it to someone who can use it and I really like that about mm-hmm. him. Um, I think... Chelsea's back line, particularly the likes of Thiago Silva and Azpilicueta, are there to be got at with pace. They've both got professional fouls in them all day long, so I think you should test that. So if, if Nunes is fit, I think we, we we drop the front line a little bit deeper and we try and run in behind. Mm. Interesting stuff. Um, just go back to the midfield chat. I've seen Mahmoud at the Super Chat from the Born Red Pod. Um, Bacetic, Keita, Thiago for me. This is keep up the great work, guys. Uh, yeah, oh, thanks so much, mate. Um, I, front three-wise... I don't think Gakpo was exceptional against Wolves, but I also do think that that was part of the better functioning of how we played, playing mm. him central. With no Bobby, I don't, I just don't like Darwin Nunes centre forward. I think he, I think we, he, he, he feels very Divock but without the, actually without being that good, as good a finisher. You know, in that, I don't, he doesn't, he doesn't suit our style of play as much. I would be, I would be really interested to see that Gapo continue with that false nine okay. kind of thing, see if he can knit it together a little bit. Mm. Salah on the right, if Darwin's back, put him on the left. Let you know, because he's that he's been so explosive down that side. Mm. He's just you can't and that's where that's where the space is. The yeah. space the space is always more on the flanks than it's gonna be. It's gonna be elsewhere, mm. depending of course what Chelsea do in terms of the, the in terms of the full backs. If it's as Aquetta, he's not gonna commit as much to attack, but he'll as you say, it will be an interesting challenge to put raw pace up against them if that's mm. the case. Um, again, just to revisit, they did have Chalabar there at the weekend. Um, who I, you know, he's not, he's not a sort of world class fullbacks in there. That that's a, that, that that's an interesting one for me. That decision of was Wolves us just necessity? So we've got Car- Carvalho can play has done a couple of games from the left. Elliot can play on the right, Gakpo can play everywhere, so fuck it, just slash mm. Gakpo in the forward, like the centre forward, or was that a little, another little glimpse of, is yeah. this something we're going to build on? Yeah, it's interesting, I, I agree with the point on Gakpo, I thought it was really good, we didn't, we didn't see him sort of getting behind or stretch his legs at any point, we haven't seen that yet to date, but in terms of sort of being a wall and linking things up and playing one-twos, I thought he was really intelligent at that, and that was really nice to see. Um, I think a lot of this, and what we do with the front obviously will be Nunes dependent, but also the full-backs and their role is going to change, because it's not going to be Milner and Simicas, it's probably going to be Trent and Robbo, mm-hmm. so their overlapping will be far more prevalent in this game, yeah. so therefore Gakpo cutting inside and allowing Robbo to do that, and the same with Salah on the other side, and allowing Trent will probably influence some of these decisions, but I think when we sort of name the front three and sort of their 
positions. They're, they're just nominal. That's what it looks like on yeah. a screen. But I think we're going to see Gakpo and Nunes in particular swap and change a hell of a lot. So, for instance, if Gakpo does start on the left, there's no reason why 15, 20 minutes in, those two will just switch yeah. and the roles reverse. So, that's really nice to have. Yeah. No, it is, it's interesting. that It'd be nice, again, the Darwin Nunes thing, we're just going to be more of a, a threat if when we've got more threats on the pitch. Mm. And look, if he's not there, I'm not against that idea that Gakpo goes to the left, Salah goes central, and you keep Harvey Elliott on the right because... Mm. I think Ox can functionally perform certain bits. I just don't think. I just don't think he's good enough to play in the front three. No, really. no. You know, and 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 Elliot, I think is. You know, he's not got the pace. You know, you're losing something a little bit there, but he's got the guile. Mm. I just think he's a really, really good footballer, and he's mm. he's playing with confidence at the moment. So I wouldn't be against saying to Harvey, you know what, mate, great goal. You played really well. Go and do that. Yeah, Go and yeah. do that again. Um, so, yeah, some interesting options. What would you do if you're watching at home? Let us know in the comments on that one. Right. Uh, we'll do our 11s. We'll have a little, another little glance at the uh, fixtures for this weekend. Stay. what's, what's your 11? Lay it off for us. So, it's Ali, Trent, Matip, Canate, uh, Robbo. I'd like to see Vesetic because I'd like to see that develop, but I think it'll be Fabinho, Keita and Thiago with Gakpo, Nunes and Salah up top. Yeah, mine's identical. Exactly the same, yeah. And without, if Nunes isn't available, I'd go Elliot in the front three. I think if I was to take something from that midweek game, you know, so it feels like you're dangling a carrot, I would go, yeah, Alisson to come back in, Trent at right back, Robbo left back. I would keep Gomez left centre-half with Karate. Um, I really want to see Joe get a go mm. there. I think that, because I think we've been grooming him for it for a while. He's the most similar to Van Dijk, I think, in what we've got. And not not in, not in physicality, but I think in in calmness, and I think in you know in a, in a bit of his skill set. I think I don't think the injuries have helped him. I don't think he suits being the more aggressive of the two centre halves. But I think he's got the right sort of you know headspace to be the guy who plays who, who plays from that side. I don't think I think and I think Karate and Matip are both better from the right. Mm. So I would do that, and I would let Matip have a little bit more time off. See if you can get see if you can get a tune out of Joe. Is one I'm, one I'm driving up there. Yeah, in reality, I'd do something wild. I'd put Joe Gomez right back and put Trent in the six, but we're not, I don't think that's going to happen against Chelsea out of the blue. Um, I would put bring Fabinho back in. I would keep Thiago and Keita. And as mentioned there, I would put if Darwin Nunes is fit, I'd put him from the left. Mm. I'd keep Gakpo central and I'd have Salah from the right. And that way, again, it just feels like a bit more like a recognisable Liverpool front three. Yeah, yeah. Let Gakpo be the guy who, who drops in. And does little neat touches and give and goes and stuff like because the case will look exciting because he you want someone to vacate that centre yeah. forward space deep, which is how we used to play it. Mm. And I think Gapo did that. Whereas I don't think I don't think Darwin Nunes is good at doing that. He wants to drift left or he wants to go in behind. And there are, there are times and situations for that. But I think when you're trying to build a win at home, I think we need to be better in better in possession but yeah. that's what I do anyway let us know yours in the comments let's have a little look at the uh, fixtures for this weekend um, we're actually filming this uh, we're live on this on Thursday City play Tottenham um, tonight which is an interesting uh, little turn of events obviously they're starting to, those, the games are starting to be kind of put back into the fixture list mm -hmm. um, in terms of the weekend then we're the early kickoff on the 12.30 Saturday Leicester Brighton is at 3pm alongside Southampton <laughs> Villa West Ham Everton, which is the oh, oh God, loser loses all. Instead of winner takes all, loser. Well, I think the loser loses loser, the manager. Loser loses loser, loser the manager. I'm yeah. genuinely convinced of that. The worst thing for both football teams there is a draw hmm. that might keep both in exactly the same position that they're kind of in. Yeah. You know, where it's not bad enough that you've got to carry the manager out atop yeah. a burning a burning pitchforks. Um West Ham have just signed Danny Ings as well, haven't they? Have they? Yeah, yeah. this morning, yeah. Holy... Fifteen mil. Ooh, oh Everton. Yeah. Huge There's your winner. Shot. That's a winner. Danny Ings. <laughs> Danny Ings scores yeah. against Everton. He just yeah. literally I'm I'm convinced it's almost exclusively. Yeah. Danny Ings will if he if he's fit to play in that game, there is no world in which Danny Ings. They have no scored. choice but to play him in that game because Skamaka's not hundred percent match fit and Antonio's fell off a cliff. Yeah, great sign. What are yeah. Everton doing? Why haven't they? They tried. They, tried they should have moved They wanted him. They wanted yeah. him on loan. Heaven and earth to get They him. wanted him on loan. They've got no money. They've got this financial thing hanging over their head, haven't they, where they had to plead. Wild. Um, Bournemouth Forest. Interesting to see where Forest can continue the recent um, turnabout in form. Uh, Crystal Palace and Newcastle is half five. 
is Martel that's gone from being like a game, game where you'd be yeah. like, yeah, oh yeah, that Crystal Palace at home, Newcastle should be a yeah, Crystal Palace win to like Newcastle high flying. <laughs> City back in action again, two o'clock on Sunday, hosting Wolves. I'd love it if Wolves had just learned something from you know from us and then could take it into that game. But they are historically a club that occasionally causes them. Mm. Like Southampton and Wolves are the two teams that I think do better and all Palace, the time. Actually, yeah, yeah, Palace, okay, yeah. Adam Traore normally, normally yeah. enjoys them. Well, Lopetegui's got to realise at some point you've got to start Nunes and Cunha because they give him options, they give him space, they give him guard, they give him intelligence. Yeah. Got to play uh, Adamo Traore because he's been a perennial pain in the arse yeah, for Manchester yeah. City, hasn't he? So that's an interesting game. It is a very interesting game. Um, Leeds host Brentford. Arsenal United. In this Arsenal are in this run of fixtures now, aren't they? Where if they come out unscathed from like their next six or whatever, then they're just champions. It's just there's no other there's no other way of looking at. It. They've got they've just over they've just done the North London derby and one two 0 They've got United on Sunday. They've got City in the FA Cup fourth round. They've got Everton away. Uh, Brentford then City. Uh, then they've got Arsenal. They've got it's a. Yeah, it's a it's a tasty little period for them if they come out on top. Then this is their biggest fine. challenge because of how direct Manchester United are. They don't see that every week, and mm-hmm. Rashford in particular is in a rich vein mm-hmm. of form. And will they beat him as well? Didn't they United? Yeah, yeah. They beat him without the season there, as Ten Hag said, with, without Casemiro. So don't make a big deal about the fact he. Barzy shitting yourself for the weekend. West Ham. Loser loses the manager, Baz. Loser leaves town. So, thanks, mate. I don't have someone. We were debating whether it's Sean Dyche or Sam Allardyce in like a hell in the cell game. Amazing. Thanks, mate. Um, so, there you go. Barry from Toffee TV, everyone. Not asked. Because um, you've got to be not. Um, yeah, uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, the other, the other game is Fulham versus uh, Tottenham. It would be. There's just. There's obvious things that, that need to go in Liverpool's favour here. Um. We could do with Arsenal beating Man United in reality, yeah. as much as that's a bit sad. I, you know, I, do, I don't want to, you know, but I, because I, I don't want Arsenal to win the league. I want us to win the league, but it's not possible. So, yeah, I could do what we could do with United hitting a little sticky patch of form here. The draw against Crystal Palace mm-hmm. is if they, if they are a team that's going to be fighting for fourth rather than second, um, Arsenal will win that. Yeah, and that'll kickstart another a little run of United <laughs> dropping a handful of, a handful of points, mm-hmm. and the Fulham Spurs one's even more interesting because, you know, you need Fulham to win that. Although in reality, you want to be clawing Fulham back. How has it got to this? How, this is, yeah, welcome to our world. <laughs> How has it got to Fulham that? Fulham have played twenty games this season. You know, like it's like they've had the perfect run, but it, to that to that point, they're kind of in a little bit of a false position. Mm. That'll be their twenty first. But Spurs have only played nineteen. You don't want Tottenham starting to open up a open open up a gap. I think Fulham will beat Spurs. Really? Yeah, Spurs are in a dreadful place right now. I really hope so. Everyone keeps, tell- no, keeps telling me Tottenham dreadful. dreadful. They're, there, they're yeah. fucking there. They've been yeah. in the top five yeah, all right season. Now, right now is the key thing. Yeah. You've got the manager asking for the technical directors and club doctors to come out and speak on the microphone and tell everyone how bad the world is at Spurs. That is not great if you're in, involved in no. that. Yeah, I suppose the only games that Spurs have won in the last five, they beat Leeds 4-3. Mm. It was the final game before, um, the, before the break. And then they came back to a draw with with Brentford, lost the, the Villa. They got the win against a four 0 win against Crystal Palace. They, they keep coming back. Aside from that, like second half FC, aren't they? They keep yeah. having to get themselves back into matches. It's strange. Yeah. strange. Very familiar. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah sounds right. Okay, let's get back to the Reds then. Um, yeah, big challenge. What do we? What do we? How do we feel this game's going to go? I want to go score predictions, but give me a general dealing around it. Thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive, and I'm gonna go two 0 the Reds. I think we'll have to play cautiously and perhaps a little bit more on the counter-attack than we would like because we know you can run off our midfield. Whatever variant of midfield goes out there, you still can run off them. If you go with more expansive cater playing slightly further up and you include Thiago, they're better going that way than that way. So it kind of would worry me a little bit. So I think I think we'll be we'll maybe line up a little bit deeper in terms of a back line and try and use the running behind space because they've got some older defenders who mm. will not relish playing against pace which is Salah and Nunes it should Nunes be fit so I think we'll tweak our tactics very slightly for this one 
Yeah, I tend to agree. I think we have to be smart with the way we go about it, sort of dragging their older centre-halves out of position and getting the likes of Salah and Nunes in behind will be absolutely crucial to the way it pans out. I think... Less of a false dawn. I think what we've seen in midweek with the Wolves game could be a bit of an eye-opener for some of the lads who weren't involved, some of the more yeah. senior figures. And I think that could be the ideal solution. Like, Klopp has probably given him a, a multiple fleas in the ears as this season's gone on. So this time he's gone, do you know what? Forget it, I'm going to play all these young lads. They're going to show you how it's done and then it's up to you. And I hope that is the case. And I think it might well be. Um, so I'm also going to be positive on the way the game pans out. Um, Chelsea are in a worse state than we are. They're throwing players at it left, right and centre. I think we get it done, and I think we get it done. I want to say two 0 as well. Okay, cool. I, I like the sound of that. I really do. I, 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 this is one of those games where I'll take a, a resolute one nil again. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I want to see. I, a clean sheet. A win with a clean sheet is just huge. Because I want, I want to show what we did against Wolves, and the Wolves are crap in attack, but also, also just to highlight that. Chelsea are crapping attack as well. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. happened so far. If we can frustrate a really good side. <laughs> um, then that will, I think, that will embolden us further. I think with this side needs to know that it's not porous, and I think opponents need to know that we're not porous as mm-hmm. well. I don't want everyone thinking they've got an easy ride, and you know we need to start to build that resilience in. So that, that's kind of what I want to see. I don't, I'd look, I'd love it as if we just, you know, swashbuckled our way forward, but ultimately we've tried that all season long, and it just means that we're, just, it's, you know, it's all well and good. It's a bit like. The Indiana Jones scene where the guy's got the swords and he's whipping it all around mm. and everyone's going, that's great, bang. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? All the best. And we've been that side. This is not, I want us to be the guy who just goes, great, sad, we'll just shoot, we'll just shoot you with one one bullet instead that finishes you off um, rather than us being. They've, they're going to go, player. there's two guys in their squad with pace, Sterling and Abam, Young. It's, it's how you manage those guys because their midfield's like ours. You know, it's, um, it's a good midfield, but it's not particularly mobile. No. Kovacic is never going to be a third man running out, strip your defence and score. Touch wood. Not famous <laughs> last words. No, but but typically they they suffer. The, this is why we're ninth and tenth because we're being overpowered in midfield, and it's happening to them as well. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, one point here, a couple of comments before we wrap up. Uh, Victor Ojomo says, "Paul, how on earth will you play Trent as a six, not even the number eight? Come on." I think people underestimate what a huge step up it is to play number eight and the skill set required to play mm. in that position. Trent might well have it, but look at the look at what like Thiago and Cater and Elliot have got, and it's like it is like perfect touch in short in small spaces. How you shift your body to get out of those kind of things. Trent might have that, but you don't you don't need that in right back the way that you than you do in 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 an eight. I think he could be a great eight for us. But I also think I, I think the nice it's a bit of like a Philip Lam kind of thing for me. Is he? I think he could be an absolutely exceptional number six for us mm. because he can. He, he's got the passing range. He ha, he is a good defender as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. As, as, as a wild answer, sorry, so much of that as well is about having more of the game in front of you. I think because he has all of the game pretty much in front of him <laughs> from right back. But if you suddenly advance him even more, it's like an eight, all of a sudden he's got these runners coming off either side of him. It's like God, which way do I turn? And that's such a difficult skill set to acquire. Mm-hmm. So for me, it would be a six. It's if it's interesting because Chelsea are likely sitting as well to negate the pace that we've got. You've got a guy like that picking the ball up off your back four, turning around with 10 yards of space in front of him. He's like a quarterback. That's it, yeah. It's Gerard, like isn't it? Say, time, yeah. Just looks in front of him and just, which one shall I pick now? Yeah, yeah no, interesting stuff. Um, we had a super chat uh, with a team from uh, Donald Budai here. Thank you so much, Donald. Somebody's really put his money where his mouth is here, literally. Uh, Ali, Trent, Joel, Ibu, Robbo. Fab, Nabi, Thiago, Nunes on the left, Gapo through the centre, Mo on the right. See, I'm all in. I'm all, apart from the Joel shout, that was pretty much I think, what I went through. Yeah, pretty, I'm happy with that. I think that's a good shout. I think the centre back thing is, is all right. You know, in the absence of Van Dyke, I think we're lucky that we've got three really good centre halves in there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see Joe get a go. I wouldn't be bothered either way if there was a, if Matter played because we know what he brings. He brings that ability to just shift the landscape of a football match by carrying the ball 30 yards up the pitch mm-hmm. and uh, unsettling people. So that would be absolutely sound. Um, I think a lot of people doing the Mudzik versus Trent thing. Again, the disrespect that gets put on Trent Alexander-Arnold. And look, he might have a great game. And that's the point. Wingers go up against fullbacks and wingers sometimes get the better of fullbacks because that's the best of part of football. Mm-hmm. No one really gives the fullback credit when they stop. You could stop a fullback 
a winger te- nine times out of ten, but then it's the one where they get past. We've we've taken to blaming fullbacks when in reality, no one, none of us ever ca- think about who Salah's up against hmm. when he when he goes past them and scores, you know, scores goals for fun. So yeah, I am. Um, I'm interested to see um, Trent continue his good form because I think his form has been excellent yeah. since the World Cup, and let's hope it. Um, let's hope that it continues. Right, Sans, thank you so much. That will do us. Uh, plenty more content from us this week to keep you entertained if you want it. Uh, I will be doing the Starting Eleven prediction show on Thursday afternoon. Great. Um, I've already told you what I want, but what will Jürgen do? I'm going to have a go at figuring that out, and you can help me along with that as well. Class press conference will be up on Friday as well in video and in podcast form, so you can check that out. Uh, the Watch Along will return on Saturday at 12. There, well, we'll be back for the team news reaction at half past 11. The, uh, t- yeah, quarter past 11, sorry. And then the Watch Along is obviously the game kicks off at half 12. We've got Genoa uh, Insights, which is being recorded tomorrow uh, with Neil Jones. We've got Expert Insights. Mm-hmm. What was this week's one? We've had a couple this week. It's mainly on the Middle East interest, but we've also had a transfer of insight as well, looking at all the interest. Excellent. So, yeah, plenty of stuff over on YouTube, uh, ACAST, Spotify, and, of course, extra stuff on redmenplus.com as well. Anyway, gentlemen, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. And I hope the Reds can continue to not be shite. That would be lovely. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you want even more boss content and podcasts just like this, go over to redmenplus.com and sign up now.